Blog Talk Radio. A council on the future of education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Council on the Future of Education's radio show every Monday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this is a call-in show, so if you want to call in, ask my guest questions, ask me questions, feel free to do so. The number is 646-787-1813, and that number never changes, so it'll always be our call-in number every Monday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Uh it's been a crazy, uh, crazy couple days here in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm in the Pittsburgh area, and I tell you what, I got to tell you, I am really tired of seeing the snow. Uh, it has been snowing here in April, and we had our first uh, away soccer game, outdoor soccer game yesterday, and that sucker was cold. Uh, so I am really hoping for some warm weather coming up here soon. Uh, today I got a guest on here, uh, Ray, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I don't butcher his last name, Rosischke. Uh He is the CEO of Spider Learning, which I believe is right here in uh, the Pittsburgh area as well. And um, they've got a, a fabulous uh, system out there of dealing with uh, educational courses, some great uh, data, formative data opportunities using, his, uh, using this program. I had a chance to talk with them at the um, Personalized Learning Conference that was held here in Pittsburgh not too long ago. And uh, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool resource, pretty cool event. And, um, you know, the, the, the point that I think that, that we want to look at here with Ray is the whole idea of equity and uh, opportunity uh, for all students, because that's, that's probably one area that, that is lacking, especially when it comes to personalized learning. Uh, it's easy to say those words, but it's really not so easy when you get down to the nitty gritty of how it's going to look, how are you going to work. Uh, with each individual child. Um, one of the quotes that I say often when I'm doing my presentations is, uh, we no longer teach one class of 30 students. Uh, now we are teaching 30 classes of one student. Uh, so let's hear what Ray has to uh, say about this. Ray, you with us? I am with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, have some conversation today. Absolutely, Ray. And, uh, Tell me how to pronounce your last name, because I'm pretty sure I butchered it. Uh, you were actually pretty close. You were pretty formal on the uh, Polish pronunciation there. Rosicki uh, is how most uh, folks say it, but you, you did have the uh, accents in the right spot to be pretty close to the Polish pronunciation. So good for you on that. More, way better than way better than the majority of the uh, population trying to pronounce that. So thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Ray, tell us what you're doing over there at uh, Spider Learning. Well, the, unfortunate news for you is right now I'm looking out the window and it is still snowing here in Pittsburgh, as you said, which is uh, a little bit disappointing Great. for uh, the area. But uh, as you said, we're all hoping for the warm weather soon. Uh, as a company, we're, we're really focusing uh, our efforts in the last four years. We've been a company that has been building out curriculum products for other organizations uh, with the intent of using the proceeds from all of that work to build our own content uh, that we can put out there that doesn't have any debt tied to it. So we can offer it at a lower price point than any other provider and also ensure that the services and uh, materials that the students are seeing are as equal as any publisher provided content they may be currently using. 
Um, so, you know, that is part of our vision. What, what we've done is we've I've also spent, while doing that work, the last four years, as your topic uh, alluded to, working with schools implemented, implementing personalized learning programs. Um, in doing that, a lot of witness to a lot of success and a lot of great things that are going on in public education. Um, but then also seeing where some of the uh, success starts to break down when we start to transition uh, the personalized learning concept into middle and high school levels. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you talk personalized learning with elementary teachers, they tend to have the, the innate ability just because it's how they've been trained and what they've always done to work in an environment that has multiple things going on. You know, so whenever you talk something like station rotation or anything like that to those folks, right. um, they're, they're, they're comfortable with those concepts. When you start to move those same conversations into middle and high school, um, those teachers, A, aren't used to that type of environment, and B, the resources that they've been provided by the curriculum providers over the years have not been tailored to meet those types of needs. Um, so what we really wanted to do with this is we wanted to focus on starting at the middle school level building out content that enabled teachers to have resources that put them in control of digital resources so they could better personalize learning and differentiate instruction for the kids in their classroom. Absolutely. Um, One of your colleagues that came here after the conference to uh, talk with me about spider learning and really we got some in-depth looks at it. Um, and, And I was, I'm, I'm a very candid fellow, so I, I made sure that I mm-hmm. you know, let her know that in advance that you know if you ask for my opinion, you're always going to get it. If you like it or not, that's that's you'll get my opinion. And the one thing that that I was challenging her on uh, is the idea of these of all online courses is mm-hmm. um, relates to back in the uh, early early 21st century we had. Uh, the, the famous, or the way I put it, infamous uh, study island, and and teachers yep. were creating entire classrooms of study island where the kids would be on the computer by themselves, completely isolated. Like I said, there's a reason why it's called study island and not study community or student study group. Or, <laughs> it's it's study island. You're on that island all alone. Um, mm-hmm. And and she had some good answers in response. So what what, what do you say to that in terms of making sure that we still keep the community of school alive. Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I think it's multifaceted. I've had the, uh, the pleasure and displeasure, just as, as you were saying, there's two sides to everything, of working closely oh, yeah. with several virtual schools uh, over the past number of years and seeing what occurs when students are not involved in uh, enough collaboration with their peers and that sort of thing that that it doesn't really serve a greater good to eliminate that sort of uh, learning experience for them so that they can develop as individuals as well as just learn knowledge. Um, so uh, I'm 100% with you on the fact that digital learning is it's really a tool. It's not a strategy, right? Um, Amen. Digital, digital materials. What they really provide teachers with is a manageable way to archive, consolidate, and pull quickly from their resource bank to meet the needs of individual learners. And that's really what we built our product to do so that it was not a product that isolated students, 
but really was a power as a product that empowered the classroom teacher to identify what students were at common places and then have the resource pool to distribute the appropriate resources for each group of kids so that they could then collaborate, work together, support one another uh, along the learning path. Absolutely. And uh, when we were when we were having this same conversation, I will say that probably, at least in my opinion, the strongest part of the uh, spider learning platform were, were the uh, pre and post test assessments that, that the teachers would have at their fingertips. Uh, very black and white, very obvious after a kid takes it, here's what they need, here's what they don't need. Uh, to me, that was probably the most powerful part of that tool because it's, it's for some reason, it's just not out there. Uh, something as simple as the pre post test online uh, just made the whole spider learning environment to me so desirable. Uh, what have you heard in terms of your, your assessments that are in your system? Yeah. So, you know, the curriculum design was put together based off of tried and true educational research. You know, everything from Gagne's nine events of learning uh, to metacognitive studies to, you know, all the depth of knowledge that have, that have come out lately and all of that research talks about the value of determining where students are before you start to instruct them. And as you said, there's not many tools out there that do that, partially because historically we haven't had technology that allows us to get effective data that way in a timely fashion. Um, despite our technological advances, we haven't seen that morph into the educational environment so much yet. But we're really right. excited that we have a tool now that the combination of the types of assessments that we can ask. So we don't, we don't ask multiple choice questions because when a kid guesses that right, it gives us a false positive, you know, and we're assuming they know something that they may not. So right. we actually utilize the technology enhanced question types. So they, there's multi-level steps to solving every problem. So we know if students really do know the material before they start to learn it or not. Um, and from there, being able to have real-time formative access to the data is the tool that allows teachers to actually use data in an effective fashion to drive instruction today. And that's, you know, that's really the, one of the focus points of our product is not to reduce the effectiveness or what teachers do in the classroom, but to make them more of an invaluable resource in the classroom by being able to identify exactly how to approach each student's individual learning needs. Right. Let, let, me, let me pause you right there for a second because I, I, I want to repeat something that, that, you had, that you had brushed over because I think it's really important for us to, to pause on that. Um, you talked about the idea of the pre-assessment so that we, and again, you very quickly said, so we know where the kids are. But that to me is the key here right now because we talk about the word personalized learning so much and it's becoming more and more of a mainstream type of concept. We talk about having one or 30 classes of one student, but if we don't know to, to a T, if we don't know where these kids are starting, then all that personalized learning stuff goes right out the window. So the fact that you've got this pretest that says, okay, where is this kid now is, is 
something I don't want to skirt over because it's that important. Mm-hmm. It is something that, that at least through all my research and seeing a lot of these different programs, and obviously a lot of people have con- contacted me about these different types of things that are out there. Um, that's sort of, to me, what, what really got me interested in, in, in the spider learning system was the fact that it was one of the few groups that said, okay, before we even look at anything else, here's a pretest. Tell me, show me where you are. And don't just show me by answering a couple multiple choice questions. Really show mm-hmm. me where you are. And that, to me, makes all the difference. And that's also where a lot of other online courses and things like that immediately right out the gate miss the ball. Because if, you're talk, if, if you use the word personalized learning with whatever technology product you have out there, if you're not starting with telling me how to find out where my kid is right now, then you've already, you've already missed the whole point. And, and I give Spider a lot of kudos for that because it's built right into your system. Yeah, and, you know, just to, to continue with your, you know, the use of the word personalized learning, what we also make sure that we do in there is also let the student know that information, having some transparency of that data to them. Because, you know, having student agency involved in the learning experience is becoming more and more important. You know, the same reason we tie metacognitive prompts into every lesson where we tell the students to think about how they're going to approach this lesson before they actually do it. And then when they're done, we, you know, remind them to reflect on that and, and, and keep track of that. So they start to learn about what techniques work best for them. And having access to that data, you know, a lot of kids, if you say, hey, do you know how to solve equations or something? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. But to what level do they actually understand what they know and don't know? Uh, having that upfront data, as much as it's helpful for the teacher, we see that we get a lot of good student responses to that saying, oh, it's kind of neat knowing what part of this I need to study. You know, so, so it's bringing additional dimension to that. Right, and, and, it, and it gives them a, an ownership to what they're doing. Okay, yeah. so, you know, uh, Rhett, I'm going to be honest yeah, with you, though. Rhett. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we, we did experience, you know, we did, we did 18 months of pilot work, uh, not with the focus on so much the curriculum, even though, you know, we, we use that pre-test data as well as inter-lesson data and post-assessment data to determine, you know, if there's any potential issues with our instruction so we can say, oh, the students did learn this or they didn't, or, hey, females did better on this than males, so the questions may be biased or the instruction may be biased. So we have Uh that in there. Um, But the other thing that we really noticed in in our pilot work was that if we don't make the teachers' lives easier, we can't just ask them to do something more with data. Um, so so sure. we work very tightly with, you know, local teachers in the Pittsburgh area as well as some folks out, out of state, but the majority in this area, to really focus on what kind of tools do we need to have in place that allow teachers to use this effectively so that it doesn't become just another passing fad in the classroom utilizing that type of data. And I'm excited to potentially run into you here in, in the near future so I can show you those new classroom tools that actually help make the teachers' lives easier and give them the yeah. real-time visual data as they're walking around the classroom to know what students need on the fly. Oh, very cool. Okay, so that's uh, Ray Rosiski with us on uh, Council on the Future of Education. We will be back in one minute. Ray, can you hang with us for one minute? Sure thing. All right, we'll be back. We'll be back in one minute. 
And now here's the uh, public service announcements. We're more connected than ever before. 90% of America's students use some form of social media, but not all of it's used in a good way. Hurtful posts online are leading to social isolation for many. Psychologists say it's bullying in a brand new way. Well, beyond differences in I Keep Safe, we're looking to change that with ideas for students, their parents, and even teachers. Take the pledge to be kind online and learn more at wearekindonline.com. At City of Hope, we don't believe the future can wait for the future. For over a century, we've been advancing science that saves lives. From four of the world's top cancer-fighting drugs to the development of synthetic human insulin, we are maximizing the potential of immunotherapy and making precision medicine a reality. It's not enough to promise future cures for cancer. We must find them sooner. We are the miracle of science with soul. Find out more at cityofhope.org. Hello, everyone. This is David Franklin, one of the authors of Can Every School Succeed, inviting all of you to join the Bending Ed movement and pick up a copy of Can Every School Succeed through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Follow us on Twitter at CanAllSucceed, and please join us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, for Bending Ed Chat. Thank you. All right, and we're back with the Council on the Future of Education radio show every Monday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you could check out all of our uh, live podcasts, if, if we are live at the time. If not, you could check out all of our uh, recordings at blogtalkradio.com backslash edufuture. Uh, you could see them on my website, robferman.com. You could see them on the CFE uh, website, which is edufuture.us. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Uh, we're here with Ray, who's the, I believe you're the CEO, right, Ray, of Spider Learning? Yes, that's correct. All right, got, got to love those three letters. Those are always some good letters, CEO. Um, so, Ray, let me ask you this question. Uh, being a futurist, I, I, loved, I love to hear what other people who are in the educational tech industry uh, answer this question. What do you see being the future of uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, and more importantly, artificial intelligence, AI, uh, in terms of its impact on education in the next five to ten years? Yeah, well, you know, I, I've actually had a couple opportunities to meet with some pretty innovative folks and even, even the folks that uh, are, are working on Watson for education to, to get their perspectives on, oh, on wow, that same thing awesome. and, and also to just generally talk about what, how they see the future of education with that AI falling into place. And, you know, to be honest, the, the short term of that in the next five years will probably be rather minimal impact globally, right. On, on student learning. And uh, because it's all algorithm driven until you have effective data pools that allow those algorithms to function and start to look for patterns in student data. um, We're not going to be able to get to the mass communication points that, that are out there. However, you know, adaptive resources that, have already been in place. I uh, you know there are a lot of supplemental programs that, that use adaptive learning to direct that students down a given path or another are uh, starting to share their data pools and stuff like that with the folks at Watson, which, you know, may accelerate that. I do believe that, you know, within the 10 years, I, I think that having that type of artificial intelligence and, you know, 
one particular visionary superintendent who I've had the opportunity to work with pretty closely over the past several years out of uh, Middletown, New York. Um, Dr. Ken Eastwood, he's since retired. He just retired this year. But he has this vision and, and actually built some of the infrastructure into recent renovation plans in their district is to have phone or the rooms mic'd up, um, similar to you know a lot of what we're seeing in our homes with regards uh-huh. to having Alexa or Siri yeah. on your phones and that sort of thing, where students, as they're working and they have exposure to their own learning data, could say, "Hey, I'm not I'm not going to use the any particular brand there, but." <laughs> Hey, hey, AI, <laughs> can, right. can you send me, find me another resource that involves um, playing a game to learn how to better solve this and having right. them be able to have voice recognition on the student and then send to their particular device resources that meet their needs, um, which I, I think that that's a long way from where we are. But as, as we've been talking the fact that we're starting to look at data, share that data with students so they know how they learn, we know how they learn, and we're starting to see resources emerge that are more accessible for students. Um, right. I, I think that we're going to see that as an initial rollout of that sort of program uh, on a more timely you know, aspect that, than the straight artificial intelligence you know, directing the learning. So it's going to empower teachers and students is is where we're going to head with it. Um, I think that imagine that it's going to replace any form of teaching or anything like that. I don't, I don't foresee that in in any uh, future that I'll ever witness. Yeah, I I agree. And I've heard that a lot from other people that I've spoken with too, that AI is good for the sort of who, what type of type of questions. But when you get into the uh, why and how it it breaks down. Um, And of course we also have the human elements involved with, with teaching and teachers that will always keep our, our our teachers uh, being a part of the experience because uh, we as of right now, AI is pretty far away from the ideas of empathy and sympathy and love and passion and compassion and all right. those type of different things that, that teachers um, share with their kids on, on a daily basis. Um, right. It has been fantastic talking with you. Uh, can you give our audience some information on how to contact you, where to get, if they want to see more about the spider learning system, anything like that, give us a, a whole bunch of your contact info there. Sure. Uh, I guess for starters, if you, anyone wants to check out our, our company website, uh, spiderlearning.com, would, would be the most uh, logical first step for folks. On there are multiple contact forms, uh, as well as personal information of uh, the leadership here and what we've been doing you know, in education and, and also an overview of what our products are doing right now. Uh, so that would be the, the first initial one. And, and due to the last name spelling, that might even be the quickest way to actually get my name and my Twitter <laughs> account. Uh, it's first initial last name, so R Rizicki, uh is my, my Twitter feed. And then, you know, for the company, you know, if you go out to that website at spiderlink.com, everything else is accessible on there and an easy way to find it. So, All right. So spiderlearning.com. Uh, R 
Rosicki, R-O-Z-Y-C-K-I, with an R in the front. That's his Twitter handle. You can also find me, obviously, uh, at Dr. Furman. I can get you in contact with Ray as well. Uh, Ray, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you, buddy, and good luck with Spider Learning. And uh, I hope you and I get a chance to talk here again in the near future. All right. I hope so as well. Look forward to seeing you around the bird. That's right. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, so this was the Council on the Future of Education. Let's see. Uh, on this Thursday at 4 p.m., we've got a uh, founding member of the council with me, a friend of mine, uh, Addison, A.I. Addison, and she is amazing. She's really big on social media. Uh, she talks about uh, the, the needs for safety in social media with kids and all sorts of great stuff. She'll be on this Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern with me. Um, so... I hope to see every hear everybody see you see everybody I guess you could say uh, there at four o'clock again spiderlearning.com if you want to check out Ray's group uh, it really is a, a pretty pretty cool product and again I was I'm a real fan of their assessment uh, data that they have set up there it's a, it's a really cool working system uh, so you can check that at spiderlearning.com look for me robferman.com at drferman on Twitter and uh, thank you very much have a great evening see you on Thursday. The Council on the Future of Education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city.